0: Yo, 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 what a do. Been at MIA for a couple of weeks now. You know, a lot of been going on. Got a lot of stuff going on school, work. Gotta go to the gym. And then it's kind of hard for me to find energy. But I found some energy today. I'm gonna try to find a schedule that I can stick to and stay consistent with this. But uh, I'm recovering still from uh, terrible, disappointing heart-wrenching all the words in the book Super Bowl loss you know I was just devastated and you know I work with kids and I was always telling the kids you know I'm a Ram fan and we're gonna take the Super Bowl and well it didn't go according to plan short story I was just obliterated. I was put in the fire by all these kids telling me how bad the Rams suck, how we lost in the Super Bowl. And it was just so bad. I was squaring up with these kids, about to throw hands. Luckily, I didn't. Held myself together. But, uh, man, that game was just... Everyone was saying, it's boring, it's boring. Bro, if it was your team, it wouldn't be boring to you. The game was close all game long It was a defensive game And we had We had the Patriots We had them But Jared Goff and his inexperience And he looked scared Sean McVay, he blew the game for us In my opinion I love the coach I love our coach He's a great coach But he blew the game He didn't put Todd Gurley in Everyone's saying he's hurt He's hurt But he was not hurt There was He kept Just cause they Everyone's like Oh they're saying They might be lying They might be lying bro if he said he's not hurt, he's not hurt. And if some of the plays that he uh, was in, there was a play, a handoff to the far left, and he ended up making a big collision where one of the Patriots players, I think, broke his wrist. And he took a huge hit. He got up quickly, moved quickly back to the huddle. And I was just like, dude, right there and then, Sean McVay should have seen, you know what, he's he's ready. He, he's, he can go. And if you would have put Todd Gurley in the game, it's a totally different game. Not even to mention that Jared Goff misses uh, Brandon Cooks on a post route, over the middle, and he doesn't even see him, and he sees him late, then tries to get it to him, and by then it's too late. That would have changed the game. But my big thing was Todd Gurley would have been a huge impact on this game if they, there's a stat out there, I think it is uh, if the Rams hand the ball to Todd Gurley more than 20 times, they win every time. He got 10 carries. And they didn't even use him in the past game, in the, in the playoffs at all, really. So... Man, that game was just so, so heart-wrenching. And our defense was just... I was just so proud of our defense and how good we were playing. They stopped the run. They weren't letting Tom Brady get these little dump-offs. And if you listen to my podcast a while ago that I did about how the Rams can stop them, how stopped stop the Patriots, it was to stop the dumps, stop the run, and get to Brady. The Rams did every single one of those things. But the offense just couldn't... They couldn't come through. And... It was just so heartbreaking. Like I always say, I keep saying it. It was heartbreaking. It's because it was, and oh man, I. It just. It makes me sad. Just to even think about it, I cried that night. I left my. I left the confinements of my home. I went outside, laid in the grass, stared into the sky, and I cried. And it was just man. It still hurt. I'm never gonna get over this. But, you know, they're off. Tom Brady. Had a terrible game This defense Like I, I I kept telling people Tom Brady Defense like we had Like what the Rams had He never faced And and Sue And Aaron Donald Which Sue is a free agent And hopefully the Rams Can sign him back Because they're gonna need him They just Created havoc And not to mention Dante Fowler Was also a huge factor In that game They just shut down Everything at the line Of, the scrimi- line of scrimmage And I was talking to my dad uh, During the game We both were In agreement that if this offense, Rams offense, doesn't help this defense get rest and just the offense can stay on the field and let the defense get its breath, they're going to end up scoring on the Rams, and we're going to end up losing because of it, and that's eventually what happened. It felt like a 12-round bout, and they were going toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe into the last like round, and it was just, they were just done, they were tired, they were out of wind, and we lost, sadly, but there were so many things that we could have done better. Obviously, Jared Goff played terrible. Sean McVay, there's some of the play calls that he was making were pretty terrible. There wasn't many adjustments made. Our offensive line looked like a first-year offensive line that was put together during the offseason. There was no protection. It was just no run lanes, no nothing. Um, and one thing that I don't like about our our defense, our offense actually, is that we don't run any toss plays. A lot of the blitzes that were being ran by the Patriots were up the middle. And if you throw some toss plays, that just opens up everything. Pull, pull the guard and our receivers do a really good job of blocking downfield. That would open up so much things. But again, we lost. We can take the L. And that's it. So, And uh, we'll talk a little bit more what this means for Brady in a little while. Uh, I wanted to get to the trade deadline. Um, a little bit of the Lakers as well. So the trade deadline a lot of teams picked up some good players. Obviously everyone knows about Philadelphia and Tobias Harris Um, That was just a really good solid pickup Uh, Tobias Harris is having a really good season so far I don't know the stats that he's putting up as of right now, but I know that he's having a really good season Also Bobin, everyone's gonna sleep on him, but he's actually a really good. He's not really good. He's just a solid backup center uh, he's just so big. He doesn't have to jump to do anything. He just it one hand and just laid up. And that's the big problem that th- uh, teams have defending Bobin. It's just size. That's basically it. Um, so they have there a, a four headed monster. Um, the Raptors got Marcus which, in my opinion, is probably the best trade that was pulled off during the trade deadline just because they had Valanchunas, who's a good player, don't get me wrong, but defensively, he's not all there like Marcus Sall is. Marcus a defensive player of the year I think multiple multiple years I don't know what years But I know he was a defensive player of the year And he can play He can shoot it from the outside He can post up He can do it all And he's old But he still gets the job done And he can continue to do that For maybe a couple of years um, The Lakers Traded Savi The guy who I really really liked They traded Zubats Another guy who I really really liked And we got um, Reggie Bullock And Muscala, those guys so far haven't made an impact at all. Um, Muscala doesn't rarely play, and to me it's mind boggling. Mind boggling to why you even trade the guy if you're not even going to play the guy. Zubats would have been much better fit to just have him in there and actually build on him and just let him gain some confidence. But we didn't do that, so we traded him away. Also, I wanted to talk about just all the the trade uh, or the. The AD trade rumors and what it did to the Lakers. To me, that's that's the business. But like, if I'm obviously if I'm like in the Lakers organization, I'm pissed just because of the simple fact that the, the New Orleans had no interest in even trying to make this trade go through. They were literally just doing it to deteriorate the chemistry of the Lakers team, and it did. As of late, the Lakers are playing like boo boo. Uh, Like Dookie, like anything in the books, they're playing like crap. And I think that's because of what was being leaked. And that plays a a toll on you over a period of time. And now we got the Pacers, I think it was the Pacers uh, audience or the Hawks audience or fan base that were like saying, you're, uh," what are they saying? You're not worth trading or LeBron's going to trade you or stuff like that. And, that's kind of like that can get to you that can get to your psyche I mean players who played sports can understand that certain things over a period of time can get to you obviously if you're in a slump that can get to you but obviously if there's like rumors about you moving or getting traded and you don't want to be traded you want to stay and you're hoping that you don't get traded and you're hoping that, you, that if you do get traded that you go to a team that you want to go to not to a team that you don't want to be around so that can play psych. that can play uh, mind tricks on you um so the trade deadline was it was it was okay. I didn't think it was that great as it has been past couple years. But I think the off is gonna be a lot more uh, exciting. You know, a lot more uh, free agents. Kevin Durant, I think he's gonna to go to the Knicks. I would love for him to be a Laker, but I doubt that he will. Klay Thompson, I feel like he'll be a Laker um, only if the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis, which I'm pretty sure they will now, seeing how everyone's panning out. Uh, I think everyone else is every, everyone on the Lakers is expendable. So I think AD comes to LA. Uh, if Clay doesn't come to LA, I can see Kyrie Irving coming to LA. Rea, uh, re, um, regrouping with LeBron. Uh, there is rumors of him already being interested in playing with LeBron once again. And now that he kind of has a mindset of how to deal with certain things, and obviously he left Cleveland because he wanted to be the man, and now he's been. Been the man, and he doesn't really like it. So, I can see him coming to L.A., Kyrie, A.D., that's the future right there, if the Lakers can land him. But that's a ways away. Um, also, LeBron. I i don't remember Kobe ever going through a stretch where the Lakers just kept losing and losing and losing and losing. Yeah, LeBron got a triple-double. Big whoop, but the team's losing, so I don't give a dang about your stupid triple-double. If you go back to the years Kobe was uh, in the league and when the team was struggling, guess who would get him over the hump? Kobe. I don't know if you guys remember that game against the Raptors where he kept making three after three after three after three and eventually winning the game for us. That's Kobe. LeBron can't do that. LeBron's more, oh, I want to pass it. I want to get everyone involved. I want to get my triple-double. I don't want to take all the shots. Bro, you're supposedly, in quotation marks, the GOAT, but you can't even... Beat the Atlanta Hawks Are you kidding me bro At some point you're just gonna have to Grab the reins of the Team and just go bro You can't wait for these young guys To continue oh let's help these guys Develop let's help them develop That's why I liked Kobe because Kobe had a Had a, a mindset Where either you're with me or you're getting left behind I'm not gonna be waiting for you Until you're ready to play if you're ready to play, let's go. But if you're not, I'm going to take over this game. I think that's obviously the difference between Kobe, LeBron. Kobe, LeBron, I mean, Kobe and MJ had the same mindset. They were killers. LeBron's more of a. I'm kind of a killer. Only when I want to. But I'd rather pass and let someone else do it for me. Because I'm trying to get this triple double, so. And on the triple double, I feel like the triple double is—it's irrelevant nowadays. I don't think the triple double is even a high, like a high achievement in the NBA now. Russell Westbrook's averaging a triple double for over three years, and I don't even think it's that. I mean, it's—don't get me wrong—it's a great—it's a great, it's a great um, stat to have and to average that over your career or over your last two seasons and including this season. But if you look at the league, who but who boxes out, really? No one boxes out. Everyone ball watches. Everyone dribbles high. It's so easy to get away with picks. No one... Everyone's traveling. Everyone's doing all this... So I mean, carrying the ball. All this. these rules are not even being called, so... People... The defense is not there anymore. The... What is it? The, the schemes aren't there anymore. Chuck up threes. Just chuck them up. Just chuck them up. Boom, boom, boom. That's like five rebounds already in the first quarter because people just chuck up threes and no one boxes out either. So, right there and then, it's just like, that's great. I mean, an assist. No one plays defense. So, boom, easy. Oh, dish, layup. Dish, layup. Shot, shot. Rebound, rebound. That's easy, bro. No one plays defense. No one boxes out. The league's a scoring league now. It's not a defensive league. And now everyone's protected by the refs and... Even the refs still miss calls, and it's kind of pathetic. But I don't think the triple double is very. I don't know. I just don't think that it's a great thing to do. Or a great. I mean, it's. What well I'm trying to say this is it's great, but it's not as great as people think it is. That's what my main point is. So uh, the rest of the season is going to be kind of hard to kind of foresee. Obviously, Golden State's going to the finals, no one's stopping them. I think in the East, I think the best team that has a shot to take down I think it's the Bucks. I think Antetokounmpo is just a man child. He's shown over the course of this season that he can just take over a game and you're not going to stop him. Who's going to stop? Who's going to guard Antetokounmpo? Durant. Same size, same or not same size, but I guess same body um, physique, but there's no stopping him. There's no stopping him. He leads, the leads, and ducks. You're saying you're gonna get in front of him and take a charge. No one takes charges nowadays. Like I said, no one plays defense. I don't think anyone can stop Antetokounmpo. Obviously, make him shoot the ball. But I feel like if the team's gonna take down the Warriors, it's it's the Bucks first in my mind, then Toronto. I just don't trust Toronto. Obviously, a lot of the players were that were in Toronto in the past years have been sent out to Rosen to spur now. Now they have Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard's a legit top five player in this league. Um, I'm just not sold on them just yet. I kind of want to see how they play in the playoffs because normally when they get to the Western Conference Finals, they lose. But obviously LeBron's not in the Western Conference Finals or Western or the Eastern Conference. Sorry. LeBron's not in the Eastern Conference anymore, and that's who always kept beating them. So, maybe they'll get over the hump this year. We'll have to wait and see, unless Ansu Takuma becomes the LeBron of the East. So, we'll have to wait and see about that. But, yeah. So, Bucks, Raptors. I'm not sold on the Celtics, and I'm not sold on the 76ers. Because the 76ers kinda beat the Celtics, and the Celtics are a mess. And they're still winning games. So, for sure... I can see a Warriors-Bucks, Warriors-Raptors. And obviously, I would hope that the Eastern Conference can win it. But it's kind of highly unlikely. But we'll have to wait and see. And I just wanted to take... uh, I wanted to participate in the top five greatest of all time NBA athletes. I've been listening to some podcasts. um, And listening to some people just talk about who they think is in the top five. This is my top five. In, not in any order But I will say My number one is MJ But the rest of the four Is not in any order So I got MJ number one And then the rest is not in any order I got Bill Russell I got Larry Bird I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar And I got Will Four of those pl- Or three of the five Are centers And Bill Russell 11 rings I think it's 11 rings Kareem Most points in NBA Or in, Yeah NBA history Wilt Manchild There's no stopping that guy they made so many rules That Would restrict Wilt From being so dominant And MJ Well there's no Debate on MJ And everyone can say Oh Um He's not that great He's not Well I mean he's got 6 rings 6 6 for 6 he Can't beat that And um people want to put LeBron LeBron in the top five not even close not even close the guy doesn't even play defense all those guys play defense LeBron has I think six all defense of the year awards Kobe's got 12 Kobe's for sure in my opinion I'm not just being a like the Kobe fan Kobe's above LeBron in the top in the rankings of best NBA players and everyone wants to say, oh, yeah, Shaq. Bro, if you look at the stats, Shaq and Kobe went, were just, like, complementary to each other. They both put up numbers. They both rebounded. They both played defense. They both passed the ball. If you take Shaq all out from Kobe, is it a difference? Or if you take Shaq away from Kobe, those three years, are they going to win three back-to-back? I don't know. Probably not. If you take Kobe away from Shaq, during those three years, is Shaq gonna just lead the league or lead the team? No, because there was a there was a a playoff game where Shaq fouled out against the Pacers, and who took over the game to win that game for them? It wasn't Derek Fisher, it wasn't Rick Fox, it wasn't Robert Horry, it wasn't Brian Shaw, it was Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant led this team alongside Shaq so I just took a moment to look up the stats to just prove to everyone that keeps saying Shaq was the one who only dominated and Kobe was just there and if Kobe was not was by himself then he would have never have won those three titles here we go for the number one play uh, for their first title Kobe had 21 points 4.5 rebounds 4.4 assists Shaq had 30 points 15 rebounds and 3.1 assists. The third highest scoring player on that team was Glenn Rice, who scored 12.4 points. So you're telling me, take Kobe out of there. And sh- and Glenn Rice is going to be putting up 22 points a game and is going to be leading this team alongside Shaq. Get real. The, the fourth highest, 8.6, Ron Harper. Get real. The next title Shaq had 30 points, 15 rebounds, 3.2 assists. Kobe, 29 points, 7.3 rebounds, 6.1 assists. The third highest scoring player on that team was Derek Fisher, 13.4 points a game. And the fourth fourth highest was Rick Fox. So you're telling me Derek Fisher is going to a- actually be putting up 30 points? Or Rick Fox is going to be putting up 30 points? Or we can even say this. We think Derek Fisher is going to be putting up, since you take out that 30 points, Derek Fisher is going to have to average about 17 points a game, and Rick Fox is going to have to be averaging about maybe 12, 13 points a game. That is just ridiculous. So let me say this again. Get real. And the last one. Shaq had 28.5 points a game, 12.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists. Kobe had 26 points, 5.8 rebounds, 4.6. And let me guess. Derrick Fisher had 10.2 points. Rick Fox had 10 points. So you're telling me Derrick Fisher and Rick Fox are going to go back-to-back years with Derrick Fisher averaging 17 points a game. Rick Fox is going to be averaging 13 points a game. And they're going to win three titles in a row. Get real. So that puts an end to that argument. All right? So don't tell me anything about Kobe needing LeBron or – I mean Kobe needing Shaq or Shaq needing Kobe. That is the end of it. They needed each other. If you take one away, they don't go three. They don't go on three P. Plain and simple. LeBron, on the other hand, left his team to join forces with two of his uh, two players that were in the same class, who were dominant in the years that they played. And if you tell me Chris Bosh is not good, you're trash. You're trash. Okay. If you're telling me Dwayne Wade was not that great, you're trash. Okay? You're trash. Kobe never left, or anybody, I mean, he did the Durant. The Durant did the same thing LeBron did, which is kind of like asterisks behind your name for those titles. LeBron has asterisks over his titles. They still lost to the Mavericks. Granted, the Mavericks beat the Lakers in four? Four? Or five, I think it was. And they couldn't beat the Mavericks, although they were a pretty good solid team. They had a lot of good players. Dirk, obviously. J.J. Barea. uh, Jason Terry. uh, Some of the players that I can think of right now. But LeBron, he's always needed superstars to win games. And obviously you can see it now in, in the NBA. He has no other superstar, and he's playing like and his teams aren't winning. So... Basically, that just proves my point that LeBron needs superstars around him to win. Kobe had Pagasol. He wasn't a superstar. Pagasol was a solid player. He was a really good player, actually. Not a superstar, though. He was a star, not a superstar. Lamar Odom was a star, not a superstar. Derek Fisher was not even a star, he was half a star, which is still really good. Metal or Peace, want to give him a star? Want to give him half a star? Not even half a star. He's a solid player. Okay. But LeBron's always needed. He's always needed great players around him. He's always needed shooters around him. Kobe was the shooter. Kobe had Derek Fisher as his number one shooter during the the two-peat years. I'm trying to think of who else was a consistent shooter. You want to give Robert Ory back in the three-peat era. Obviously, yeah. But Derek Fisher was his number one guy for three points or himself so LeBron for sure he's people are just praising the guy I just don't think he's that great there's a lot of things he doesn't do he doesn't he doesn't play defense for one thing and in my opinion playing defense is a big aspect of the game and if you take plays off just to pass and then he takes he doesn't play defense and on the other end he's still passing the ball saving energy you should be able to just take over the game but I don't wanna get into all that. That's just I just give you a little bit of it, but that's how I feel about that. And I'm a like I'm a Laker fan and I don't I'll just say no, I don't like LeBron. I'll say I don't care. And it's not because that he's not great. I've already acknowledged that he's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. First ballot. Um, but and you can even say, Oh, the teams that he took to the finals and he lost. Yeah, you, you he still lost in the finals. He, he won, won in Cleveland, that was a great job, great feat, but he lost to the, to the Warriors multiple or multiple times, I was so happy when he got swept, so beautiful. Um, he lost to the Mavericks, what is he, three and like eight? Is it three and eight? Yeah, I think so, three and eight. So, that's just terrible in and of it itself, he's a terrible free throw shooter, first of all, that, oh, geez, he's just terrible. Gross. From the free throw line. But again, I don't want to get into that. That's a whole discussion for another topic. Or another topic for another... Eh, whatever. I don't know. My main uh, thing that I want to talk about it today was... The GOAT for the NFL. Tom Brady. And the GOAT for Michael Jordan. Who is the GOAT in all of sports? This is actually... Not as hard For me At least I believe And as Bad as this gonna, As bad as I don't want to say it Because Tom Brady's beaten my Rams Twice in the Super Bowl But Tom Brady Is the goat Of all goats He is The greatest I wouldn't say I will not say athlete Greatest player to ever play sports. In all of sports. My reasons. For basketball, you can turn the ball over seven times, eight times, and still be down two. If Tom Brady throws two interceptions, that can easily be the ball game. Easily. Easily. If you have the ball, if MJ's bringing the ball up, two minutes left in the game, down by three, or even four, and he turns the ball over, they can still get a stop and still be down four. If Tom Brady throws a pick or he fumbles, and there's five minutes on the clock, that clock's going to dwindle down to at least a minute and thirty. And When they get the ball back, they're probably going to be out of timeouts and inside their 20. So, and we've even seen it before. Tom Brady, even with the odds against him, he still comes through and pulls his team across the finish line to win the big game. Football and basketball are totally different sports. I understand that. But if you concentrate on turnovers there's obviously a huge difference between the two obviously superstars you don't need superstars in M- in the nba i mean in the nfl tom brady again has proven why you don't need him in the nba you need superstars it's a superstar driven league if you don't have two superstars or three superstars you're going to lose you'll make it to the playoffs you'll make it to the finals but in the end of the, at the end You'll meet a team that has better superstars or better players, and they're going to win that game. James Harden, great player, phenomenal player. He's got Chris Paul, great player as well. They're not going to do very well in the playoffs, though. When it gets down to the nitty-gritty, when they go against the Warriors or if they go against the Denver, they're going to lose because they don't have the superstars and they don't have the solid players like Denver does. LeBron, he's going to lose too. He doesn't have the superstars that he needs. Some players need superstars, others don't need superstars. LeBron needs superstars. That's just his mantra. He needs those guys to win. And some players didn't. Kobe didn't need two or three superstars on his team. He had if you want to give you want to make Pogasaw a superstar, he had one superstar on his team. Other players were solid players. In the NFL, you don't need superstars. You don't need, a, you don't need a, a Hall of Fame linebacker or a Hall of Fame cornerback um, and a Hall of Fame free safety and a Hall of Fame defensive tackle and a Hall of Fame lineman and a Hall of Fame running back. First of all, it's good luck trying to get all those players under the salary cap. Second of all, you're not going to get those players even, shoot, maybe you'll get one or two during free agency. If that, that's still hard to do. But, Tom Brady's done it over and over again, just playing with Julian Edelman, who was, I think it was, was he undrafted? I'm not sure if he was undrafted. I think he was drafted late. I can't really remember. Danny Amendola, X ram Shoot, who was his running backs besides Sonny Michelle, who was a first-round draft pick? Name the last first-round draft pick running back that was a really solid player that helped Tom Brady win. You can't. At least I can't. Receivers, the last one was was uh, Randy Moss. He was towards the end of his career, but he was still a solid player. Superstar player. Gronk, this is, I would say Gronk's a superstar player. Defensively, you can't name a superstar player on their team. Who everyone's like, oh yeah, that guy's for sure a superstar player. Their defense wasn't even, was ranked like, in the 30s or the tw- late 20s in the NFL and in, in, in overall defense. And they still managed to do it. Because why? Coaching. Coaching is the biggest factor in the NFL. In the NBA, coaching is somewhat a factor. But if you have all those great players on your team, coaching doesn't really matter. For example, Luke Walton. Mike Brown even as well. Mike Brown, Luke Walton were coaches for the Warriors when um, Steve Kerr was out due to certain reasons I can't remember. But Luke Walton went like 30-something in like five or something insane. And everyone was like, oh my gosh. Luke Walton is an absolutely monster of a coach. We need to get this guy out of that system and onto our team. And as Mike Brown... Coaches knew already what Mike Brown can do. They knew that it was the system that was making Mike Brown look phenomenal, which is why he's still a Warriors assistant coach. They've had – he coached the Lakers, and that went miserable. He coached other teams as well, and that was miserable. I think he coached the Cavs, and obviously that worked out because they had LeBron. But other than that, Luke Walton is trash. His scheme is trash because he doesn't have a Kevin Durant. He doesn't have a Stephen Curry. He doesn't have a Klay Thompson. Right there and then, I think all, just, just based on what I was saying, just all, everything leans with Brady. Everything, the turnovers are more crucial in football. The coaching is more crucial in football. The players, you don't need superstar players Leaning on Tom Brady again So, Tom Brady's my goat of goats I don't know about you guys MJ's still obviously a great player He's done a lot of things But, I mean Six rings in the NFL That's insane That's all I got for today Again, I'm going to try and find a schedule that I can fit this in. It's really hard for me. Um, but, you know, I said I was going to do this podcast, and I want to stick with that. It allows me to talk about some stuff. I've been talking about sports as of late. I've been trying to get on life topics, but if you know me, I love sports, and I just can't get away from it. And then... Um, i'm just gonna do my best to stay consistent with this but for now i'll see you guys later and hopefully i can get another episode quickly and faster than you can say i'll catch you guys on the next episode of just cruising peace